Welcome to the Arsenal Beat, the only podcast which brings together journalists and reporters who cover the club on a regular basis. Uh, please have pity for us when it comes to that. Um, I'm Mark Manbryans from PA Media and today I'm joined by senior football writer at ESPN, James Olley, and the Daily Mail's chief football reporter, Sammy Mockbell. There's no point as having a quiz or discussing closing the transfer window really here, is there, guys? Otherwise, there'd just be a bit of an elephant in the room, I suppose, and that elephant would have probably done a, a better job at centre-half on Saturday than what we saw. Um, a 5 defeat at Manchester City, which leaves Arsenal bottom of the Premier League, heading into the international fixtures, breaking records for all the wrong reasons. Um, a shambolic display bereft of organisation, discipline and belief. Those are your words, James. You've covered the club now for years and taking into account the manner of the loss and the general feeling around the club and the fan base at the moment. Is this one of the lowest points of you covering the club, do you think? Um, yeah, I think it probably is. Uh, I mean, th- th- there is, there's some light at the end of the tunnel in that the only sort of comparison, I think, um, that sprung to mind, ironically, 10 years on was, was the 8-2 defeat. At, at Old Trafford um, you know the club then I mean there was a different context then because that that result came at the end of the week when they'd gone to to Udinese I think to qualify for the Champions League and um, that was you know the bigger game that week for them really because it, of, of the financial situation the you know the need to obviously stay in Europe and all that sort of thing now you know the club are in a different position now and and that eight two that ended up really triggering I think signings right at the end of the window and it was it was sort of a recognition that that actually they you know they really needed to get to grips with this squad and it wasn't going to be good enough and, and, and deep enough to compete on two fronts. I guess the difference this time is that they've already spent the money really to to, to a large extent, um, and you have to say that there is some mitigation still because Ben White wasn't available, Thomas Party wasn't available. Obviously, you had the lads who've had COVID have only just come back. Uh, Gabrielle wasn't there. You know, there are there there, there are reasons to to give um, Mikel some some leeway. But I think the biggest thing for me was that we you know the sort of early promise of Mikel Arteta has been based upon. And almost exclusively based upon organising a team to show greater discipline and resilience against better resourced opponents. That's how they won the FA Cup. They beat Man City, they beat Chelsea, they beat Liverpool at the end of that season in the league. And you started to think, okay, if he gets his own players, if he gets a pre-season, if he gets more time, you can start to see a structure and a foundation to base on, to build on. And the most damning thing I thought about Saturday, Saturday was that that disappeared completely. There was no structure. There was no foundation. Granit Xhaka exemplified there was no discipline. And really, if he's lost that, what is there to recommend him carrying on as manager? And that's the challenge for him, really. He needs to, you know, and he's got the run of fixtures after the international break now to, to, to reintroduce and find that basis again. But if he can't find it in the next sort of month or so, it's really, really difficult to see how it's going to improve. Sammy, would you say one of the most damning indictments was that that result on Saturday was was pretty much wholly expected by the majority of people watching it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then on top of that, equally, 
you once they scored the first and the second, you just you know you expected them to capitulate, and that that is that is the sad indictment, and that is the sad state of affairs that uh, this current squad, you know, a uh, current. No, we mentioned Granite Jacker. How many chances does Granite Jacker need? You know, um, I, I I understand it. You know, he's, he he signed his new contract, and I think that was on upon the recommendation of of, of Mikel Arteta. I think the club were were happy for him to go to Roma. I think Mikel wanted him to stay, saw him as an important part of the part of the team. But when players are letting you, you know, when players are letting you down like that in, in, in those biggest games, you know, what 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 chance have you got? Um and, and I, I I totally agree with what James is saying, you know, they they now have a run of fixtures whereby they can build up a come sort of some confidence and build up a head of steam and get some, you know, points and goals on the board first and foremost. But even in saying that, you know, what what has this club become? You know, we, we, you know, going into going into games against Chelsea and Man City, and you're just writing them off now. So like, oh, we're not going to get anything out of those games. We, we're going to know we we we're looking now, looking to the games against the teams in the lower half of the table. Um, and it's sad, you know. You know, we're all used to. You know, we we grew up in a period where where Arsenal were, you know, number one and number two consistently. And, and now you're looking at the, the league table, you, you, you know, you're thinking you know, you're probably going to be lucky if they finish seventh or eighth this season, you know, potentially even worse. Um, what the well, what the answers are, you know, I don't know. I, I, as James says, they've, 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 they've spent they've spent the majority of their money. I, I, know, I don't know if there's going to be one more signing that, you know, might come out of the woodwork, you know, potentially another right back if Bellerin can go. But, you know, is a is right back going to, is a right back going to solve their problems? <laughs> Probably not, no. So um, I don't know. I think just, I just think it's going to be a long, long, tough season ahead. And you know, whether whether the manager can can survive another season like last year, I'm I'm not sure. That team on Saturday, and I, I know he tried something different and. Sometimes you commend the manager, don't you, for, for trying something different when it hasn't been working, when he hasn't got all of his players, when he's playing a team like Man City. But it just it just didn't seem right. He went for a back three, which has never played together, which, you know, half of that, well, is it half of that whole defence really shouldn't really still be at the club. You, and then he goes for someone like Xhaka as the sole protector in midfield for that defence. You know, that, that system to me would have made sense if you'd got Thomas Partey fit, for example. I think he'd be a much more worthy general, if you like, in front of that position. But I suppose playing devil's advocate, and this isn't me suddenly jumping on the, the backing Mikel horse, but the team against Norwich in that relegation six-pointer, really, um, could look very different, couldn't it, to recent games? I mean, I just jotted one down here. I think it could be, you know, Ramsdale, probably Chambers, White, Gabriel, Tierney, Party, Laconga, Saka, Odegaard, Pepe, Aubameyang, just off the top of my head. Arteta hasn't wanted to use COVID or those injuries as an excuse. But he definitely won't be able to fall back on him when, when the Premier League returns after the international break, will he, James? No, and, and and I think, you know, as I said, when, when Arteta's made some early progress, as, as he did, you know, initially, and, it, and it, you know, and it was, it did look more disciplined, it did look more, there was more structure there. We were all, I think a lot of us were thinking, well, look, he's doing this. He's, his ability as a coach, you can see it because he's, managing to inject and get something extra out of a group of players that isn't his. He's clearly inherited, he came in mid-season, he's inherited a squad. 
this now is slowly becoming his squad. And we're not just talking about this summer. If you think about the club have backed him, as Sammy says, with new contracts with Granite Xhaka. Also, the club have backed him in paying off players. You, know, you think about Socrates. You think about, obviously, Meza Ozil, the, the highest profile. You know, Squadron Mustafi. Now, I think we could argue that you know, that's they were sensible decisions, but the club have been backing him for quite a, you know, to quite a serious extent for quite a long time. They promoted him last year. You know, they, I still, I, I still go back to that decision. I, I, I didn't really understand it at the time. And I, and I, and I think now it looks even odder that they went from head coach to manager and it felt, I think it, I think they just sort of slipped it out as well, didn't they? they? They released something on the website, but they didn't really want to make a big song and dance about it. They just sort of said, look, this reflects the growing importance that Mikel has to, um, you know, to us as a club and, and to the work that he's done since he's come in, recognition of, of how he's guided us off field through the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. And that's fine, but he had no managerial experience. And, and, and what I don't understand is that they spent, years undercutting Wenger's authority, implementing this new structure, nine department heads, CEO, Sven Mislintat comes in, sort out transfers. They want to get more football expertise on the board. They don't want one man driving or decision-making at the club. And they move away from that model. And then within two years, they've gone back to it. But not only have they gone back to it, they've gone back to it with a 38-year-old now 39, who has no managerial experience. It just, it, that to me, you know, they, they're now in a situation where they're, they're having to, to reap what they sow with that. They've doubled down on Arteta. And, and to their credit, if they think he's their man, if, and that's the big decision, if they think he is their man to lead them back to the Champions League, well, they've given him just about every resource they could have done. They've spent probably more than we thought they would have done. You remember when there were the, the, the cronky out protests among the supporters and, and there was briefing going on that they were saying, yeah, you know, KSC are going to spend, they're going to back the manager. And I think we all thought, mm, all right, well, let's see where we are, you know, September the 1st on that one. But they have spent money, you know. Yes, they need to balance the books a little bit. As Sammy says, it's still possible they might try and bring... Another one in. I think I think the biggest problem they've had all summer really is getting shifting players, is getting rid of players. I think a lot of clubs have had that. That's just the market that we're in now. But you come back to that central point of they've built all of this around Mikel and they've spent this money. I, I just, you know, that is such a huge decision that um, really the, they're in a position where they have to try and see it through and there are going to be a lot of difficult afternoons because it's not as if I'm conscious I'm rambling about this, but I, you know, it's not as if when when the going was good that they were playing free flowing football, they were beating teams four and five every week. You know, when they won those big games, they were having two or three shots on target, and it was all founded on that de- defensive discipline. So I guess we have to try and reserve judgment until he's got Thomas Party fit. He's got Gabrielle in. Ben White's had time to bed in. If he can bring a right back in, great. Maybe Tavares is, you know, will end up being a starter. Well, he won't, obviously, because of Tierney, actually. But maybe Tavares can have an impact, you know, and rotate with Tierney. And that you can start to see a structure there defensively. Um, but even given all those players being out and all the mitigating factors, you expect, you know, basic competitiveness, don't you? And we didn't see that at City. And, and, and that really is on the manager. Sammy James touched on it there, but he got results early on, really, didn't he? If you think about winning the FA Cup, they beat, see, in Man City, they 
they beat Liverpool at the Emirates. You know, they beat Chelsea a couple of times, haven't they, under Arteta? But that was in those big games. I mean, he wasn't, but it was almost parking the bus, wasn't it? It was that we'll catch you on the counter and make up for any errors you make. Is that the level this this team are at at the moment, rather than thinking they can go toe to toe with the best teams in the league and and obviously they get crowns like they did at the weekend? Yeah, yeah. That, listen, that might be that that might be their their best route to success is is to try and go back to the roots of, of that, you know, the, the Arteta regime and, and, and kind of go, you know, not ultra defensive, but go, go, you know, more, more that way, more defensive. But again, you know, the, it's, it, this is where I feel for, for the, for, for the, for the players and, you know, certainly the manager as well is that, you know, when you're at home, that bunch there, you know, they're, you know, they've fiercely loyal supporters, but they don't have to get on the players' backs um, fairly sharpish in you know you know in, in, in games when they go when they go behind certainly in the section obviously where where we sit um, so the, you know the, the, there is a there is a certain degree of pressure I mean as I'm sure there are for for you know for all managers and head coaches to play an attractive style of football and you know I think Mikel has has tried to implement that and, and try to be a bit more expansive in the way. He, um, his teams play, but you know, at the moment, I think results show and it, that isn't working. So you, you, you know, you've got to go back to the drawing board, and, and maybe, maybe that you know, going a bit more defensive is 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 the uh, is the route forward just to get a little, get just to get some points on the board and to, and to build up a bit of confidence. Um, but again, you know, with, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you look at the you look at the attacking options there. You know, they're not they're no mugs. You know, Aubameyang has scored goals for fun. Lacazette on his day is a is a, is a, is a, is, a, is a talent. Smith Rowe, you know, you know, Odegaard. The talent's there. Pepe on his day, but it's just harnessing that, and this just seems little direction. There seems little coherent sort of cohesion. Um. With regards to their sort of attacking play and how they and how they move forward, it's it's a it's a problem that they've you know Arteta's got to solve sharpish because and I, and I think probably James you know who, who covers the club now sort of far more closely than I do. Um, I think last year it was it was you know project Arteta all the way, regardless of of the outcome of results, regardless of how the season would pan out. But I'm getting a distinct, distinct impression now that that isn't necessarily the case. I think I, I do certainly think that the COVID, the COVID issues that the clubs have faced, the club has faced, and the um, uh, the injuries, pre-season injuries that the, you know, that, that they've had, particularly to Partey, um, is a mitigation. And I, I I I think it's a genuine mitigation. I think that you know the board see it as a genuine mitigation, but you know. Once all your players are back, and once all you got you got your players fit, then you know if there's no improvement, then then I think <laughs> I think there's some big decisions that need to be made, and I, and, I, and I honestly think this year, this season, they are. I think the club are prepared to make them. You can't you can't spend 135 odd million and be judged on tomorrow. It it just it just doesn't work like that, and. I think what they re- I think Sammy's absolutely right. They, 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 there's not there's not the sort of limitless backing for him now. There's a there's a there's a realization that you know after almost two years and with all that that he's had to deal with, um, 
he's brought the club to a point where they now have to kick on. And I, I genuinely think there's a, there's a battle for the soul of that club at the moment in that I think they've tried to get rid of some bad eggs. I think they've got a few more they need to get out the door. I think there's a combination of of people who who are either too comfortable, don't want it enough, or aren't good enough to take that club where it needs to be. And I think what they've seen with Arteta, if you think about how bad it got at the end of Emery, uh, I mean they were you know they were they were mocking him at the training ground. They were they were taking the mick out of his accent. They were turning up late for training. They were. You know, it, it got really bad, really, really bad. And a lot of what I think people don't see is Arteta bringing in some more professionalism behind the scenes of that and trying to cut a lot of that out and really set a base level at which you say, these are the standards that you need to meet on and off the pitch. And I think a lot of that was behind, OK, obviously won the FA Cup, but I think a lot of that was behind the promotion from head coach to manager because I think what what they're trying to say to the players is, we're backing this guy. So if he, if, if he doesn't like you and he's not happy with you, it is going to be you over him. You're not going to get this guy out like they kind of did with Emery. They kind of downed tools and they sort of said, look, you know, and we've seen it. I mean, look, we've, most obviously you see that at Chelsea down the years. You've seen it where they've essentially just stopped playing for, for the manager. They've decided they know the culture of the club is manager goes before we do. So if we if we kind of chuck it in for, you know, six weeks, he's going to be gone if we don't like him. And then all of a sudden, new manager comes in and look how good they are again. It's it's phenomenal. You know, that's, there's, a, there's been a sort of cycle down the years of that. The first time I saw that, I think, with Arsenal was was with Emery. And I think with Arteta, they tried to, you know, it, he's really tried to remove that. But there are still individuals there that they want to move on. There's no doubt about that. And that... And that it, they aren't just footballing decisions. They don't want certain characters at that club because they think they're either too comfortable, they don't want it enough, or they're not good enough. And um, that process isn't complete. And there's going to be quite a bit of pain to get from where they are to the other side. The question is whether Arteta's got, A, the strength of character. I think he probably has the strength of character. But is he a good enough manager to do that off the pitch, but also get the results on it? And none of us know the answer to that because he's never managed before. And I, you just look at that team from Saturday, and I know we, we talked about mitigating circumstances, but just just half of that, the outfield players, I've just made a list there, you think about it, Kalasinac, there was talk that he'd already agreed to have his contract ripped up and go to Fenerbahce. Chambers, previously loaned to Fulham and Middlesbrough, where he was relegated twice from the Premier League. Cedric, I mean, you speak to any Southampton fan and they can't believe that Arsenal took him from, away from the club. Jacker almost sold in the summer. Even to an extent, Martin Odegaard. They've got Martin Odegaard back because Real Madrid basically decided he wasn't good enough for them. It's Like you said, there's, there's some bad eggs to get rid of, but there's also a squad there, do you agree, Sammy, that it, it does just lack a basic quality, especially in, in terms of depth. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um... Well, listen. Once the once once the squad are fully fit and firing, then you'd expect that you know yeah, the results will improve. But whether that squad is good enough to to sort of you know shoot Arsenal back up to where 
we all expect and where the fans expect him to be, which is at the very least challenging for a top four, top five position. I just, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure the, the the qualities there, or to put it in another, to put it in another way, that the, the, the you know the, the the rival squads are are, are so much better, and 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 that, and you know, and that's the reality of it um, for Arsenal. If Arsenal will manage to finish top, you know, top six, top five, top six this season, they will be punching. They will be punching above their weight. And and as James says, without you know to do that, you need you know. You need a man. You need an experienced. You need an experienced manager to, to to guide you through the rough times. Who knows how to navigate through choppy waters? And, and listen, you know, you know, Mikel is likely will probably turn in. You know, t- turn into one of the. You know, one of the. You know, bright. He's certainly one of the brightest managers. Or had the reputation of being one of the brightest managers in Europe. He might go and fulfil his reputation and be one of the best managers in Europe. But the facts are, as James says, he just doesn't have the experience to, at the moment to, 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 to navigate through those to, to go to navigate through those those rough periods. Um, and then, I suppose in those moments, you need your senior players to to to, to pull you through. But when you look at the, when you look at the senior players at Arsenal, they you know they don't necessarily scream out as you as sort of necessary you know leaders and and and, and dragging teams through the mud, you know. You know, Abamyang's a captain. Yeah, he scores a lot of goals, but is he a, you know, or you know, has scored a lot of goals, but is he a natural leader? Probably not. You know, Lacazette, who's another senior player, he's got a year left on his contract. We don't know what his future holds. Is he fully invested in, in the club? No, potentially not. Grant, okay, Granite Xhaka's signed a new contract, and he seems to be there for, you know, in it for the long for the for the long term, but we've seen on numerous occasions how you know he can he, he can let the club that you know he can let the team down. Where are the leaders in that? You know where are the where are the leaders on that field to drag this club through or drag 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 the team through um, this difficult patch? You know, Kieran Tierney, yeah, you know, he's he's a leader, but they you know you need you need more characters like that um, to pull you through. And I just I just you know. In, Yes, the quality is isn't the quality in the squad isn't as good as those in you know those in the top four, top five. But equally, I think the 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 team in the squad is completely void of of leadership, and that you know that's one that's one area I just think that Arteta's sort of failed to address. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. I mean, there was a few of us at West Brom the other night, and Aubameyang obviously was a hat trick. And he was more than happy to come out and do the post-match media, smiling and laughing and with the match ball and stuff. I think it, it was a shock then to see that he actually came out and did it again, spoke to BT Sport on Saturday. And, you know, how, how low is the bar when everyone's almost patting him on the back and commending him for coming out and talking after, after a defeat like that? You know, that should be that should be his job after, after every game. But that's something, you know, I've noticed over years, James has covered him a lot more than, than I have. When we've been allowed access to players after defeats, they all just trudge through heads down. No one wants to take responsibility. There's the odd exception. Theo Walcott was always one that would spring to mind. He was always willing to talk even after a heavy defeat, for example. But it is that, again, I think it entwines the two things. When you think about what James was saying about Mikel not being an experienced manager, he could do then with a leader on the pitch that is an actual leader that can shout at those, that can manage on the pitch almost. And that's yeah. that. Not a Bamiang, is it? But but James, is there anyone in that squad? I mean, I think the first home game of the season in front of fans for the first time in 18 months, their captain was Granite Xhaka, someone who they were going to sell in the summer, someone who's been stripped of the armband for telling the fans 
you know, to F off and all this, that there isn't a natural captain. Is it Kieran Tierney, maybe, do you think? Probably. I mean, I, I, um, I, I was at the Etihad at, at the weekend and I, you know, I think you're both journalists, so you'll understand what I mean here, but you know when you watch the game in certain different ways and I, I just, for sort of five minutes, ten minutes or so, I was just watching the game from the point of view of looking at the players communicating with each other. And admittedly, this was second half. It was, I think, it was already about four 0 So you know, it's 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 a pretty desperate situation. But they weren't talking to each other. Only one actually was El Nini. I, I know it's funny enough. He was actually trying to marshal and organise. But the board go out of play. No one was talking to anybody. Nobody. They were just eleven individuals or ten individuals at that point on the pitch, just desperately trying to get through to full time. And I. I Look, it's a point, I know we often talk about this and and I'm conscious that I I wonder whether fans sometimes think we're trying to give ourselves too much importance, but it's been the case for years that players at that club have not fronted up after defeats. It's been the case for a long time. And actually, if if we're giving them, you know, if we're being honest about this, it's also a case that the ownership has not fronted up at the right time either. And that club really for a long time has spoken with one voice and it was the managers and it was Wenger's. And we all, you know, we all dealt with Wenger for a long time. I got a huge amount of respect for Arsene. It got very difficult near the end because we all knew, you know, he'd run his course at the club, yet he was still simultaneously one of the greatest managers of of all time, really, certainly in this country. But you had to deal on a weekly basis, face-to-face with someone who really... I don't want to say put out of his misery, but you know what I mean? Like it, it needed, he needed to, he, and I think he said it himself. You, you see it in his body language. You see, you know, how he is just physically. He looked, he, he, he looked exhausted. He looked done in by the end of the time that he'd left Arsenal. He went away, he came back. He looked younger. He looked fresher. He looked more invigorated. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that I think there's a, a culture over a long, long period of time of the one voice coming out of the club being the managers. And they were able to rely on that because even through the difficult moments, Wenger was charming. He was, he was erudite. He was, how many AGMs did we go to where the room was completely toxic and then Arsene gets up, makes a 10 minute speech and you go, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Maybe it is going to be all right. You know, <laughs> um, and, and that's the effect that he could have. But then obviously they replaced him with someone, you know, whose English wasn't great. You know, Unai Emery wasn't a great communicator. The players got frustrated by it. And by that point, without going over the point I made before, they were trying to diversify the structure. They were trying to have more people having an input in the decision-making, but still there wasn't that um, that that voice at the, right at the top. And I do think that that, you know, they've sort of just allowed both in the dressing room and in the boardroom to let the manager be the one who, who, who speaks all the time. And that's fine if you're Arsene Wenger at 65, 67, 68, whatever he was near the end. But again, if you're 38, 39 and you don't know how to, to message, you know, and package and, and project uh, what you're trying to get across. And, and look, we, I think we, we've all spoken to Mikel. I, I, I think he's, I like him. I, 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 I really want him to succeed. I think, he's a, I think he's a good bloke. I think he's got integrity. I think he's, he's trying to do things the right way. And, and, and this isn't certainly, I don't, I don't come at it thinking, you know, I want this guy to fail. Certainly, certainly not. Um, but there's, there's nothing, there's no reason beyond faith 
and his play and a decent playing career to think that he's going to be able to articulate his way through what is an extremely difficult situation. And, and in these moments, it's all about context. That's kind of what we do as journalists is try to put results into context, isn't it? And, and, and project the bigger picture. Well, we can, either the club can do that with their positive spin by getting people out there, the players, the manager, the senior figures at the club in the boardroom, or we do it. And they don't want us doing it because we're not going to do it with the same uh, kind of tinted spectacles that they will but they still don't seem to get this as a club so it just feels like it's Mikel out there on his own against this barrage of abuse when really it should be viewed through the prism of a bigger picture of you know Josh Cronkey or even ultimately Stan coming out and saying right this is our vision for the club we want to get here in two years time look at us and, and this is another thing again I'm ranting I'm sorry there's just a lot to get off with yet <laughs> they, you know they they <laughs> They've spent this money. They should be out there. They've been criticised for years not spending any money. They've spent 130 million quid. They should be saying, "Look, we here we are. We're out. We're spending money. We're doing. We've listened. You know, we're trying to take the club forward. And this is how we're going to do it. And this is why it's going to be difficult days. Don't expect to keep compete with Man City now. Look at the money they've spent. How big they are. Pep Guardiola, champions, all of that. But we, you know, we're aiming to get." into a place where we can compete with them. But at the moment, in the absence of all of that, and with no one in the dressing room on a, on a sort of smaller week-by-week -week basis saying, this is where, you know, sorry to the fans, but this wasn't good enough. We need to do more. Um, you know, we're on the right track. We believe in Mikel, all this. And then the bigger picture stuff of, you know, this is where we want to go. And then Mikel in the middle, you start to think, okay, 5-0 defeat at City, you can contextualise that within all of that but in a vacuum which is where they are and just Mikel trying to deal with it on his own this is why they get the criticism they get yes yeah it's, it's wading through treacle a bit for Mikel sometimes isn't it and I know we all do his press conference pre- and post-match on a regular basis. And you can see often he'll, he'll get quite bullish quite quickly because he obviously is confronting up all the time. But you mentioned his, his character there and it, it reminded me of the fact that in the midst of, you know, a, a bad run last year when the pressure was on him, he, he takes the time to write his own letter to a, you know, a former Arsenal reporter who, whose father had passed away and he covered the club when Mikel was a player, not even when Mikel was, was managing. And he took the time out to send a letter and things like that. So the, he obviously, a nice man, which again is why I think we we see that probably more than the supporters do on a more regular basis, and therefore we want him to do well. That doesn't mean he's not going to get criticised. He pick up any paper this morning, and he's you know he's getting torn to bits really. But but Sammy, I wanted to come to you about something a, a little bit different. You you wrote your exclusive over the weekend about about Willian tearing up his deal. Um, yeah, to wave goodbye to so much money shows just how badly that deal went really for both club and the player or, or, or you know, maybe, you know, it's, it's just can't get out. But um, yeah, just, just tell us a bit about that really. Yeah. Listen, I think that, you know, one of the, I think one of the priorities this season um, or sorry, this summer close season was to, as James says, was to get rid of a lot of the, a lot of um, the fringe players. I think William was one of the players that, um, certainly one of the players that the, that the club were, were, were wanted to, to uh, offload, given his wages, and he was, you know, unlikely to play um, any sort of lead role um, 
this season um, under Mikel Arteta. Um, the club have finally found, I have found a buy for him in Corinthians, but the, the, his two, you know, his, his 220 grand a week wages uh, are, com are complicating matters. From what I understand is that um, uh, Willian is happy to write that money off, walk away from that money in return for a, 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 a free transfer. So he would go there for nothing. Corinthians would would um, uh, would then effectively pay him whatever they want to pay him. So he'll be taking a, a significant pay cut to uh, walk away from what is effectively a twenty million pound uh, twenty million pound in wages um, to do so. So listen, you know, in you know, footballers get a bad press, and you know, labels greedy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. In this case, I think it's it's someone who's putting his 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 life and his well-being and his mental well-being first and you know he's, he's happy to walk away from the money and you know so be it you know we, we should, should he should be commended for that in my opinion we're nearly two weeks now to find some answers for Mikel Arteta um thanks for joining us today Sammy and James I'll see you both for the classic England v Andorra clash at Wembley on, on some uh, so yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for coming in.